From WCL Pure, this is One Ocean. Hey everyone, Reese here, and today we'll learn why your surfboard sucks for the ocean. <laughs> you heard that right. Surfboards, generally speaking, aren't made from the most planet-friendly materials, and they aren't exactly recyclable, at least not in your curbside recycling program. But there are a lot of people who are working to make surfboards more sustainable, and one of the most vocal advocates for eco-boards is Rye Harris, aka the eco-board guru. Rye is a surfboard shaper, sustainability hacker, process inventor, and the founder of Earth Technologies based out of Torrance, California. Rye brings it in this conversation. He claimed it was the giant coffee he was chugging, but I know from experience that it's really just his passion for the subject. In my interactions with Rye, he is always full of energy and enthusiasm for the ways in which we can make surfboard shaping and thereby surfing more sustainable. All right, here's Rye. Rye, welcome to the show. Howdy. Glad to be here. Thanks for Stoke. being here. Rye, uh, who, who are you? For the per person at home who doesn't know you, who's not following your, uh, your Instagram, who are you? To put it bluntly and simply, I'm the EcoBoard guru. That, that is what people have said in the past. I am the EcoBoard guru. And how did you get that name? <laughs> I started doing EcoBoards before there was even a phrase EcoBoards, before even people knew what the hell that was. And uh, I just kept at it. I've been building surfboards for almost 20 years. It's traditionally very toxic. Why do we need eco boards? Why do traditional surfboards suck for the ocean traditional, and for the planet? Traditional surfboards suck for the planet, for the people making them, because they're loaded with toxic materials. Okay, so let's go through the materials, like well, we'll one by one. One Start by with one. Like each, each, your average surfer, your average surfboard, what are those materials? So. Like? 95% of boards is what we're talking about, roughly, yep. is is the traditional PU board. PU, it stinks. <laughs> what is PU? Um, polyurethane. Yep, and, and polyurethane comes from? It comes from petroleum. Of course. So the foam, it's a, it's a foam that's blown, right? It's literally part A, part B liquid. They mix it together. They put it in a mold. Now, there's fumes when that's going down. Right? So that's bad for mm -hmm. the workers. And then the foam itself, it's again petroleum based. There's microtoxins in the foam. Most shapers are okay with the dust, right? Like, I, I don't actually know anyone that's gotten sick from the foam dust from Poly. Mm -hmm. But when said board breaks, it will leach microtoxins from that foam into the surrounding environment. They don't biodegrade. Hang on. So if I have a traditional board mm -hmm. and that board breaks, uh -huh. that foam will now leach microtoxins. Yep. You're saying toxins or to fibers, like to fibers of there's foam? That. There's that too. Okay. But literally mic microtoxins, it's not a closed cell foam. It's open cell. Okay. You have an old board that gets dinged, right? And it, what does it do? It swells up. It gets wet. It gets heavier because it's sucking in water because it's open cell. Okay. Closed cell foam, while there's closed cell foams that are toxic, they're inherently better because they don't what? They don't suck up water and they don't emit microtoxins. Okay. So so we've gone through the foam and then mm -hmm. other core components of oh, the board. Yeah. You've got the glass so and you've got the resin. Basically, you got your foam core. And your fiberglass shell. And then in said foam core, there's usually a stringer 
Um, most of those stringers are wooden, typically not sustainably sourced. There are a couple sources that, you know, obviously I work with them and a huge advocate of them. Apple core is a, not apple like the apple, it's <laughs> Appel core. Yeah. Uh, and he sources downed trees and gets his wood from those downed trees. Gotcha. That's which cool. Which is cool. Bamboo, which obviously grows like a weed. That's yeah. sustainable. But um, proportionally, the stringer is right. probably the- Yeah, the, it's the, a tiny it's little a tiny sliver. It's a tiny portion of the board. So really, it's the foam and then it's the glass right. and which, the resin. Wooden would biodegrade, so you yep. have a stringer that will biodegrade, which won't if it leach. makes it into a right. environment right. in which it can yeah. actually yeah. biodegrade. Yeah, you literally have to strip the whole thing, cut it out. It, yeah, but then you have the shell, the fiberglass and resin shell. Fiberglass toxic. We still use it. There really aren't that many good alternatives, but the resin. Foam and the resin, number one components. None of this stuff biodegrades. Not the freaking resin, not the foam, not the fiberglass. So the resin is a polyester. It's polyester resin. It's another petroleum-based material. And it's probably the more toxic of the two. If we just talk about the foam core, the resin has the volatile organic compounds, the VOCs, that, you know, the uh, the shaper mask you know, yep. most people know what a, a shaper looks like. He's just got a light little dust mask on. That's fine. The gnarly, you know, respirator. You have to have that if you build surfboards because if you are around that resin, right. you do not that you, a you don't want it getting in your lungs. But what's your biggest organ? It's actually your skin. Yep. You have this massive network that has you have pores. Everybody has pores. That stuff is getting into your body. And it's exposed. Through your skin. Right. Forget the mask. Right. Your skin's always exposed. Unless you go to work in a Tyvex freaking gnarly, you know, airproof suit, right. which nobody does. We're all glass and boards and, you know, flip flops and t shirts. So okay, so you've got the foam, you've got the resin. The resin's really toxic. Mm -hmm. Right. Those are the two main things. Yep. What are you doing differently? We use Completely different materials, and the number one component was the resin. So, again, me being what I said earlier, the EcoBoard guru, there needed something to ha – basically, the resin was invented, and it's a bio-epoxy. So it is a non-petroleum-based resin. It's actually bio-based. So it's you – know, What does that mean? Uh, do, well, there's multiple – Yes. I there's mean, multiple – Bio is pretty broad. It is. There's multiple bioepoxies now, and they all have their different sources and supply chains. None of this stuff is e like you can't eat it, right? <laughs> I, I'm not going to go and eat a board. Like there are still toxic things. In I've eaten these, my board, but not intentionally. In these eco boards, <laughs> usually because like, I'm just not a good surfer. <laughs> right. Like there's, you know, there's, there's, they have to use some harmful things in the hardener in order to get it to work, right? And then this is actually really important that I want people to hear because. We do get a lot of pushback. There's traditional board builders that hate using epoxy because, and I'm going to point, you can get a rash. Oh, yeah. And that, what that you is, legit have a rash. you legitimately get an allergy, and it's called sensitization. You become sensitive to epoxy. So yeah. I already got the worst that can happen to me. Okay, so you can legit get a rash That's it, from though. the skin exposure yeah. to this stuff. Basically, if it's, it's like any allergy. Some people, I've seen way gnarlier reactions yeah. than this. But that doesn't look good. I wouldn't want a rash right, like that. Right, but guess what? I'm not huffing the fumes. I'm not going to die, hopefully, from sort of some sort of lung, some foma from the fumes getting in my body, getting into my organs through my skin right. or through my nostrils and right. into my lungs. All I get is a little rash if I spill resin all over myself. And unfortunately, when I was in my backyard days, I wasn't the cleanest guy. Yeah. So I basically bathed in this stuff. Okay, yeah. so, so let's go back. So materials-wise, you guys are using different materials. So what are they again? 
So number one, bioepoxy. Bioepoxy, so right. Epoxy, there's epoxy boards and there's traditional boards. So we're yep. in that category of epoxy boards, like a firewire or a surf tech or whatever. Yep. And then as far as the foam goes? And then the foam, we, you know, by request, some, oh, dude, I don't want a really lightweight board. We'll do a PU foam if someone absolutely wants it, but I try and talk them out of it. Yep. Because up until now, there haven't been good poly replacements. Yep. There was a soy-based foam that didn't do well. It was yellow. There's been there's been other bio yep. blank companies, and they've fallen by the wayside because from a material standpoint, yeah, they were great, but performance-wise, they were awful. Gotcha. And so that is coming full circle now. We are the boards are bright white. They look just like regular surfboards, and that's one of the things I've always said. They got to be just as good as that standard PU board. Right, right. So um, epoxy is the resin. It's a bio epoxy. And back to the foam question, we basically use styrofoam, EPS, uh-huh. extruded polystyrene. Some people that doesn't sound very eco, <laughs> but and you know when you see trash, what do you see? You see plastic bottles, straws, and usually floating styrofoam yeah right but the cool thing about styrofoam is you can keep recycling it you can keep it out of the landfill entirely right and repurpose it reuse it so the main blank well there's multiple blank companies but marco foam right which you're familiar with they in sustainable surf have this program called the waste away program of which the wsl participates yes and there's these networks of bins and surf shops wsl all over the place where they take post con- like you know styrofoam packaging. You buy a TV. Yes. Styrofoam is a necessary component yep. of the packaging. Yep. It happens to us here because we have a lot of TV and camera mm-hmm. equipment, so we end up getting styrofoam. Yep. It's just kind of like an unavoidable thing right, right now. Unless we were going to call up Amazon <laughs> yeah. and be like, it's- "We're going to come to you and pick it up, <laughs> and we want to take it out of the right. packaging which already came from China." No, so we get that foam and we collect it in the waste waves things. Yep. Kevin and the team at Sustainable yep. Surf have been great. They come and pick it up personally, yeah. actually, and then they send it up to Marco. Yep. Marco has a whole thing on densifying. Yeah, so it's it's a whole process. I hadn't even there's I I want the machines myself, but they're big and and loud and and expensive. But there's there's a densifier, then there's another machine. But essentially, you get this molten plastic looking brick that weighs like twenty five pounds. At the end of the day, they send that to a a vendor that rebeads it. It goes through an extruding process, turns it back into a bead. Because if you look at styrofoam, it's right. a bunch of little beads. It's a bunch of little balls. And, and then, then they, they take blanks. those beads and they make blanks. And, awesome. And press it. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so we've got the foam, we've got the resin, and then you also use a bunch of other materials I mean, in the <laughs> process of making boards. Like, for people who don't yeah. know, Rye is like this mad scientist of finding scrap things and working it into uh, boards. I mean, more or less, yeah. I'm a, I am a mad scientist with it. If, it. if it's eco, I'll at least try it. And yeah. we get a ton of different companies reaching out, try this product, try this product, but back to the, it's got to be just as good as. It can't be heavy. It's got to be light. It's got to perform the way a traditional board does. And so there's a lot of stuff that we don't use because it's too stiff. Right. Man, I've used everything from mushroom foam (laughs) to, which yet that you can't eat, uh, to hemp basalt, which is inherently eco because it's made from volcanic rocks I, I mean all kinds of stuff yeah so talk to me about so for for everyone listening so rye just made me a board yeah uh, <laughs> he just said he, just, he <laughs> said so we'll, we'll, pro- we'll provide some context so basically <laughs> you know wsl collected all its styrofoam 
said, hey, we want to make some eco boards with sustainable surf mm-hmm. and with rye. We then had them at the Freshwater Pro last yep. year. Uh, fans were able to participate in a contest to win the boards. We had five or six fans go home with these yeah. beautiful boards that had really cool patterns and all sorts of stuff. But then you also did a whole like eco board building demonstration where yeah. we were like glassing boards right there out there at Freshwater Pro. I was, was there with like Sal Masakella, yeah. Meg from Outer Known, your dad. My dad, <laughs> the inventor of the, the, basically, he's more important than me in this whole eco board thing because he invented the bioepoxy. Yep. Before him, there wasn't such a thing. What was his name again? Ray Bonatal. Yep. Entropy Residence. Well, and then Hunter Jones, our boy. Yeah, Hunter eco, was there. Eco board ambassador. <laughs> it's great. We had a lamb jam. That's what we call we it. We called it a lamb jam. <laughs> we all got together and we got to like, you know, paint and re- and, and glassy's boards. And so here I am participating in this one board. And then unbeknownst to me, this is the board that's now been handed to me yeah. as the board that Rye said, I'm making you a board. And I was like, oh, cool. I didn't know that I had a hand in, in painting this thing. But walk us through <laughs> this board because you're saying this is gold level. Yeah, it's eco board. It's certified. really, really freaking cool. And, you know, take a step by step. Well, um, it is one of the three boards that we glass live. It is one of the ones that didn't melt. I don't know if you remember me scrambling <laughs> it, and freaking it, it out. It was pretty hot. <laughs> it was really hot. But, but this uh, is yeah, talk, back to the board. So yeah. this is the electrical ninja. It's what I call a super groveler. We're in the middle of winter and it's, you know, it's more or less it's pumping, but on the days when it's not overhead, you need something in your quiver when you don't really want to paddle out. It's like, eh, it's two to three, but it's clean. It's yeah, I basically call it the anti fish. It's got a fishy looking outline, but it's right. got this really cool diamond tail. Yeah. And it looks performance. Um, yeah, and it's got a channel, but one thing that's unique to the shape, specifically with the fins, I call it a Swiss Army knife. So you can run it as a thruster, a quad, or a twin. Sick. All in the same shape. It performs equally well in all three of those, which Red. is also pretty rare. Um, but our listeners care about the sustainability yeah, the side. <laughs> not not everyone serves. I know, and I e- know. And even so, uh, you can talk to me about the channels all day, and it'll go over my head. And I'm just like, does it surf? It surf. Yeah, fin, so, fin so, theory's over everyone's head. But basically, it is to the build specific. So we, we already covered the foam. That is an EnviroFoam blank. So that was literally made from... Some of the freaking foam collected here at WSL. So cool. Uh, which is insane. And then we shaped it on our CNC machine at the shop, and we collect the waste from that as well. We're going to get into that. Yes, we will. Yeah, unbeknownst to you, we we glassed it under your nose. I can't figure out what color I had you do, but there's some pink on there, greens. It's an abstract. It's pretty sweet. And, and then talk to then, me about the deck and the tail. So we did half of it at the show, right? right. And then the deck, of those boards that we did the activation with, we I, I think I did two separate series. And we had some where it was upcycled cloth, remember? Right. And then the other three had this basically trash veneer. So we take... Uh, we it's like a thin wood laminate yeah, kind of. but rather than just one piece, right, which you've seen on Firewires and you, you've seen, people have seen veneer boards before. This is literally trash veneer. It is leftover scrap from veneer boards we do that would normally end up in the landfill. And we kind of do this parquet floor look where we trim it all up and get it semi-uniform looking. It looks like a hardwood floor. Love it. And then um, I threw You should have a- put a Celtics logo <laughs> on it for me. <laughs> There is green on it. There's a damn green <laughs> circle. Um, but then the last thing I did was I wanted to do something a little special for my boy. So I did a upcycled tail block. U.S. Blanks, which is the number one blank company, numbers-wise, sales-wise, they also have EPS, but they have all these different stringer options, you know, from cedar, redwood, darkwood, name it, balsa. And my buddy over there collected some of their offcuts that would normally end up in a dumpster. 
And he shows up with just like crates of balsa redwood, name it. So, so this is all scrap stuff. Yeah, all scrap stuff. So I laid up a really cool, I hadn't made one of these boards yet with a tail block. So, so I the made tail up, is essentially balsa instead of foam. Yeah, it's, it's well, the way you lay it up, you literally cut off the tail. You shape the whole thing, glass the bottom. Remember, we glassed, we glassed oh, this whole right. board. Yeah, yeah. It had a foam tail. <laughs> so you chop it. You what take happens it to, the to chop that tail? Shop. That was the template that I then used for the tail block. Okay. So that is just a you know strip the fiberglass off, recycle the foam, yeah. shred the shred the fiberglass. But yeah, so glued on this tail block that I made up, and um, you know what's cool is that wood will biodegrade, but you get this beautiful aesthetic. It kind of matches the veneer. Yeah, yeah. Beauty. And then we got a matching brown pin line. Like it's it's, it's a gorgeous board. It's a we'll, sick board. we'll post some photos on yeah. it. And Getting. Then- Push fins, recycled skateboard fins to also match the wood look. Sick. Eco fins, the whole deal. The whole way through, yeah. this thing is. So, gold level. This is on some other level. Zero waste in the manufacturing of it. So, it's as eco as you can get. And made locally. Yeah. Which is pretty locally. rad, right? So, we're not talking about insane shipping costs right. of a board coming from also, across the ocean. All American made materials. Every single thing that went into that board. Oh, wow. Which Amazing. is. That's actually kind of hard to do. <laughs> kind of hard in, to do in, these days in our industry. But the future box is made right in Huntington. The leash plug made in Torrance. Um, I think it. the sandpaper is made in Texas. The fiberglass is made in Texas. So you're kind of hinting at all these different mm-hmm. things that go into a board and the right. board making process. And I've been to your to your yep, shop. You've been to the. And if anyone's ever seen a you it, know a shaping mm. bay and a and, a, and a, a surfboard shop, like there's a lot of stuff going on. There's, there's resin of, dripping yeah. off of boards. Yeah. There's tarps, there's, you know, you got gloves, stir sticks, cups, all this stuff, right? And you got the foam also from the shaping process. Yep. So there's all this stuff. Walk me through what you guys do because you're a zero waste factory. Yeah, which is that that in and of itself is like a unicorn. Right. So, <laughs> right. so first talk to me again, thinking about the shaping process. Uh-huh. You start with the blank. You guys get these big foam blanks mm-hmm. and then you cut them down to a certain size and there's a bunch of foam right. that comes off of that. Well... So, yes, we'll, we're going to kind of rewind because something that I realized relatively recently, we didn't have a CNC machine until this summer. What's a CNC machine? A CNC for your, machine is For what, my dad who's listening. Uh, uh, well, they make all kinds of cool stuff. But in the surfboard industry in the last 20 years, there's been a shift to hit these numbers. You know, the human, the you can take one of the best shapers on the planet and he can only do X amount of hand shapes in a day. Sure. The best shapers, right? Yep. So the CNC machines do the heavy lifting and essentially they're a planer. Right. Um, they they're take plain, said they're blank. planing the blank yeah. down to yeah. the specifications. And all the big labels use them. Right. Um, if you don't have one, then you use a cutting service, right? Which is what they do. And right. so we got to a point where I couldn't hand shape everything and we had to use a cutting service. Just drink more coffee, man. You're clearly <laughs> amped now. Well, yeah, I'm literally doing everything from shaping, sanding, marketing, all of it. You're good. Running it like there's just not enough time for me to hand shape that for much. Sure. So. so you got the machine. So we got the machine. But before we got the machine, we, I was very, very, very specific about how we describe the zero waste manufacturing. It's hashtag zero landfill manufacturing. Mm-hmm. There's human waste. There's food waste. Sure. That's normal. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how you build a board, right? Yeah. There's zero waste in that regard. But before the board, before the blank got to my shop, was there waste in that process? Then there was, mm-hmm. right? So getting the CNC machine cut out that middleman and allowed us to truly capture every single bit of waste made from 
the very start, made from the blank. From the blank. To the freaking last sanding stroke, right? And then are you sending that foam back to Marco? And then that foam is going back to Marco and it gets recycled. And it from stays, the, it stays from in the, the loop. Right. And I didn't know they could even recycle the shaping dust. That was the biggest issue is it's a fine particulate. Right. They'll take the block cuts and the styrofoam chunks all day long. Yeah, because in the recycling process, it's all about kind of like where do you get the most value? So mm -hmm. like right now in our global recycling, it's like aluminum, high scrap material right. or value. So right. we go for aluminum. We go for big, mm -hmm. you know, your Tide laundry, like plastic jug, right. high value because it's a big chunk. Right. But your little plastic film right. that you're throwing in, in the recycling bin is probably not getting recycled. So right. same thing, but it sounds like that fine particulate can be recycled yep. in your process. Yep. That's so well, cool. Well, it's part of their process. So I took... I took that, so I was like, all right, well, we already have a solution for a portion of the waste in our factory, a portion. Right. And basically, I started looking at all the waste streams of each individual room. So your shaping bay, your sanding room, and then your, pardon my French, clusterfuck glassing room. <laughs> Which is just and it. I don't even know where to start. To, to, to describe it for, with my <laughs> eyes, it, it, it kind of looks like Jackson Pollock mm. Uh, mm. had a couple coffees and just went crazy yep. around a bunch of surfboards. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of beautiful, but it's a beautiful mess. Yeah. I mean, you got resin stalactites off your trays yep. and all over the floor. And so, what do you do with it? Because I've seen this process. So, Talk, take me through the process. So you. Um, just to simplify, how do we recycle? You categorize, right? right? So we have all these bins for every single waste stream in the entire shop. We have a bin for it. So we separate. So we have our wooden and pulp stuff. So stir sticks, brushes, okay? Well, they've got a metal collar. Well, we take the collar off and you have a wooden handle. So that goes in the stir stick bin. Pulp-based tape and paper towels. Yep. And then you've got your gloves, and mind you, most of this stuff is saturated with resin. Yeah, and, and resin for for people who don't know, it's just sticky. It's, it's just it, It's just yeah. It's it is just, plastic. It's a mess. Yeah. Know? So we talk about the plastic pollutions problem. I literally work with plastic every day in a liquid form, but when it's hardened and it coats everything, that's when I can do something with it. And then you've got your loose stuff like the the scrap fiberglass, which right. we already were recycling that anyway, the clean stuff, and that would go to push fins, who then recycles it and make these awesome skateboard fins. But basically, you take all these said waste streams, make sure everything's coated with this high density plastic, and you have a the muscle is our high density plastic shredder. Yeah. And that is what was able to make this possible. And again, I had no I literally just invented this. I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> but I started researching recycling centers. Yeah. And they have shredders that recycle plastic bottles. I'm like, damn, maybe I can shred a bunch of board waste. Right. So you basically take all that stuff and you just throw it in this machine, which mm -hmm. is essentially like a wood chipper grinder kind of yeah, like and it's very temperamental. I've <laughs> broken it like ten times. Well you're throwing in a bunch of different materials. Yeah, yeah. So of course it's gonna be challenging. I clogged it like the first day I got it, I put in a bunch of the plastic gloves, which they're nitro gloves or latex right. gloves. They're right. thin. They're right. not high density plastic. It says it's a high density plastic shredder. Uh, so I put in low density gloves and it's just this high pitched squeal and uh, gets clogged. So, so then so I the figured machine out, chips it up. Yeah. And then what are you able to do with that? So then, that's actually important. We then have our what we call our shred, which is our shredded, now densified surfboard production waste. So we take said shred. Say that five times really fast. Take said shred. We take, take said, said shred. shred. <laughs> take said shred. Take. So we take the shred, and we have product molds. 
And the product molds, we then add the same resin that we're glassing boards with because you always have excess resin mixed with the shred, and we make really cool shit. Yeah, so you make, we've got here we've in got front a, of us we've got coasters. A, yeah, we've got a stack of coasters right here. They're literally beverage coasters. Yeah, which but are, they look rad. Yeah, so those, I don't even know if I brought some shred ones. That's literally just raw resin This is just boards. leftover resin, but I, the ones I have at home have some of the shred in yeah. it. You also make hand planes. Right, and so we do the hand planes. And a hand plane is like it for any of the body, body surfers, surfers out there. Yep. You just use a little and fins your hand. And keychains, and literally... Something you can make a mold out of. I didn't bring a sample, but the latest thing we're doing is we're making construction grade tiles. And eventually I'm going to make a big enough mold to make like cinder bricks. But the constructed grade tiles, think about a ceramic tile, mosaic tiles. You drop them from waist high on the ground, they shatter. These things, which are epoxy and shred, I can throw across my parking lot and they bounce. So we're already, literally already getting requests for people, you know, doing little projects. They want to do a countertop or do their floor. We're going to have right. shreddy tiles. That's, <laughs> I love it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So, so, um, so, right. So you've now thought about your waste streams and really like that's what's going. It's just taking the time to think about the waste stream and then repurpose and figure it out. Mm -hmm. I mean, like how long is this process taking you to kind of analyze all this and get to where you are? (laughs) I mean, a long time. It sounds a like. really long time. Well, and I did. Um, we did a successful Kickstarter campaign to help offset the cost. Right. But where I was six months in before I even had that idea, and I wasn't zero waste. I literally was dirty little secret hoarding my trash for six months in bags, <laughs> categorized because I didn't have the shredder yet. Literally chucking it up on top of my shaping bay. And I, I, I mean, luckily we, we, you know, we built the, everything's the code. We built our shop pretty, pretty strong. There's a lot of weight up there. Yeah. But um, yeah, no. Once we got the shredder, I started shredding it all. But I was literally categorizing, throwing all the gloves in the bag here. Okay, well that's what we're using. You know. So why do you do all this? Like shaping as it is hard enough in and of itself, and, right? Like shaping, and it's a low margin business. I, you guys all grind to do it. Like what's this, this feels like above and beyond type behavior. And even while I get the environmental thing, like what is really driving I this? Honestly, like, I have to, our planet is fucked right now. I'm doing the least I can do. You know what I mean? There's hundreds, probably thousands of glass shops. We're the only one that's even made an attempt to do something like this. It's crazy. That's why I didn't patent it. I'm trying to lead by example and show people, dude, this is what we got to do. Right. Oh, one of the stories we talk about all the time is the reefs around the North Shore are dead. The reef at Pipe, it's been dead for decades. Okay. So let's say off season you go and dive it. There is literally a silica of freaking fiberglass silt on the reef. There are surfboards and fins crammed in every crack crevice of that reef. And what do we say earlier about microtoxins and all this crap? How sensitive is coral? Yeah. So you could literally point the finger at surfboards in our industry and say, it killed the reef at pipe, right? They discovered it when they've been surfing foam and fiberglass boards for how long? You know, the surfboard industry is, you know, we, we've, we're, I'm trying to do undo the harm done and so, educate along the way. 
Totally. Now, on the flip side, surfing enables us just to like challenge a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Surfing gets us out in the water. Right. And wh- whatever craft you're on, you're out there in the water you're, and you develop that passion for the yes. ocean. So it is like no matter what, getting out there is good. And we're not telling people at home who have maybe a non-eco board surfboard to throw you're it out. Hypocrite. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't throw out your, the board that you already own. Right. right. So the number one. So if we were to like really talk about surfboards, the most eco-friendly surfboard is the one that you keep in rotation the longest. Yeah, right. or the original surfboard, which is wood and linseed oil. The Hawaiians would literally take fallen trees and hand carve them, throw a little friggin' oil on there. There's an eco board right there. For sure. Right? But basically— For your layman, though, for your person out yeah. there, it's like if you're thinking about how to make your quiver more sustainable, you, you've got a few boards. Yes, we understand that it's natural you want to rotate some, but if you've got an old board, one, how can you donate it to a good cause so that people can keep using it? or sell it so that someone else gets some use out of it. Make sure you take care of your boards. And then as you do think about purchasing a new board, maybe you're improving and progressing. You're like, you know what? I'm getting to the point where I want to get rid of this log and I want to move down. You got to buy something new maybe that's in the right dimensions for Mm -hmm. you. Find an eco board, right? Find someone like Rye near you shaping that. Find Rye. Get an eco board and then keep that thing in rotation forever. Right. You know, well, I don't that, know. That's the way I, that's kind absolutely. of how I think about it. I, I think that's a great way here to think I am. About I've got it. a brand new board right here. Like I have a couple, I have enough surfboards. <laughs> I didn't necessarily need you another one, need but it. like, <laughs> you know, this is a beauty. I'm super stoked on it. And part of it was because it does fill a space in my quiver for my mm-hmm. ability. And so I'm progressing right. here, but now I'm going to keep this thing forever. Yep. So that is actually something that, that if my wife doesn't steal it first, right? you know. Uh, in talking to other shapers, being being a South Bay board builder, you know, most of the guys are traditional board builders. That was my background. Being eco and sustainable is also just a simple attitude adjustment. Keep your board out of the landfill. I had a conversation with Tyler, legendary craftsman, big dude like me. His Those boards are going to outlive most of the people that buy them. They're heavy. They're built traditional, triple gloss coats. They're bulletproof. That's an eco board. Even though it's made with toxic equipment, that thing's not stabbing like a twig. Right. Right? Right. That's not going to be opened. I mean, you might get a couple dings here and there, but that is a lifer. Yeah. So the quality, a really good quality board that's not going to snap like a twig that wasn't made overseas in a pop-out factory, those are inherently eco boards as well because they're made so well. And when the person that buys that board, it's an investment and you take care of it. Right. Keep it out of the landfill. You know, yeah. change that attitude. It's not a disposable board, right? Right. That's the whole thing is, you know, we, we work towards with the zero waste thing is a circular system, circular versus linear, this linear economy. And we have just instituted something that hasn't been done in the surfboard industry before, which is a circular system. Yeah. So the linear system being uh, extraction from the mm-hmm. planet, company makes product, I buy product, I use it, I throw it out, throw it, away. it goes away. <laughs> Circular being company extracts from the planet in some way, and then we recycle that and we keep it in the system. We keep, keep that material. And a true loop is keeping that material being used or upcycled into mm-hmm. high value stuff versus downcycling. Right. So like aluminum, as a great example, aluminum cans will be turned back into aluminum cans yep, very often. Yep. They have a very high recyclability rate. Whereas plastic often is downcycled, right. even your number one plastic bottles and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, all right, I, I, I kind of hit on it, and I loved your answer around, like, why, right? And, I, and I, I, I love just how emphatic you are about it. But, like, where does this stem from? Does this go back to childhood? Have you been, uh, you're, you're the eco-board guru in surfing, right. but, like, how'd you get your, 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 your start here? Is there a teacher somewhere along the way who inspired you? It, it, I'm going to try and keep it brief. I get asked <laughs> this question a lot, and 
even when I started doing the EcoBoard thing, I didn't really know what made it, what, what, what shift in my life, what other than at the time my boards didn't break anymore. So it was a performance attribute. That is actually why I switched from traditional resin to the bio epoxy because it was hard to work with in its infancy, but my boards were way stronger. But going towards what this has evolved to and my background, uh, I am a product of my environment. I'm from Oregon. It's one of the greenest states. Portland's one of the most sustainable cities, I think, on the planet. Both my parents were teachers. My dad's a lifelong fisherman. My mom grew up in central Oregon, the mountains. I spent a lot of time in nature yeah. growing up. I was like sketching. My mom would give me a quarter every time I could name a new flower. I'm sketching stuff in my little notebook. And because they were both teachers, we had a lot of vacation time together. Mm -hmm. So we would travel. I've been to Africa on safari, safari when I was 13. Uh, I've seen a lot of nature. Yeah. And so having that relationship, I think it was just in an innate in my nature i want to do something better than myself i want to reduce my carbon footprint as, as as much as i can and um i figured out this path i actually was a footwear designer what? at nike i went i got a product let's see i'm one of these shapers with a with a degree which you, you don't need to be a shaper oh, but um yeah i was like sketching my own jordan designs and i was like 10. And one of my mentors in high school, he's like my pole vault coach. They call him the godfather at Nike. I love how many random things you're I, dropping right I, now. Dude, like sneaker I, designer, pole vaulting, <laughs> just, just this history. All right, let's stay on track. So, so mixed, <laughs> crazy stuff that makes me who I am today. And having that background, though, as a designer, that's what I did right out of college. Right. And I absolutely hated it. I lasted three I don't even know it was four months. And I moved down here. Fell in love with surfing. I'm an adult learner, right? I grew up. Nothing wrong with that. Two hours from the coastline with no internet. There was no internet. I'm 41. And um, surfing was not. I was a skier, and I skated a little bit. Doing non-traditional African-American sports, you know? Yeah. I'm the guy on the slopes that's doing double black diamonds. Black dude and his dad, like, the hell? Oregon's like 97% white. <laughs> I had to throw that in there a little bit because that's part of who I am too. Yeah, I mean, listeners and, um, can't can't see that right now, right. right? But they'll see in the photos or whatever, and they'll see yeah. you. Has that affected your role in this space and in shaping and not in in some way or I, what? I would say not. Not when I started, and not even when I started to get good at it. But now more so because this is I have a platform and I can speak to that community. Yep. And help educate. I love the Transform series. The um, WSL Transform yeah, series. Yeah, the WSL yeah. Transform cool. series. Like it's, Giovanni's amazing. Yeah, it's and... freaking awesome because it used to be, again, not about shaping, but just me. I stick out wherever I go. I'm usually the only African-American surfer in the water. And so that was what I would get is, damn, what is this brother doing? Yeah. He's crazy. We Stay had, in your lane. Like, so we had Air from uh -huh. Five Gyres on the podcast, and he was telling me the story about how he did whitewash the mm -hmm. documentary. Mm -hmm. And it was because he was walking across the beach with a surfboard, and somebody went, what are you doing? Yep. As if, like, black people don't surf, right. and, which is such a messed up question. I know. I know. Um, but anyway, so, I mean, I just think it's really interesting. What I, what I love about what you just said is you talked about your story as a kid and how you were lucky to have those, those chances to get outside and be exposed to nature. Mm-hmm. And I think now you have this platform where you can reach out to those same communities yep. and help get them out in the water. And like similar to what Sal is doing with yeah. Stoked and, and Steve, I mean, those guys are incredible getting people who don't traditionally get in the water right. to get out and get to the ocean. I mean, how many kids grow up in the greater Los Angeles area and d never even get to the beach? Literally less than 10 miles from the ocean and they've never freaking seen the ocean. 
with their own set of eyes right. in person or been on a board. What's that all about? So yeah. early on when I moved down here, I got involved with the Black Surfing Association. There's a Black Surfing Collective now. Yeah. And I'm like the shaper, right? Uh, so they're all on my boards, which is pretty cool. But it's, it's almost like a fraternity. It's a By lifelong. default sponsorship. Yeah. yeah. It's a lifelong thing. And one of my good buddies was in Whitewash. He was like the first pro, really good surfer I knew. And that was Rusty White. Um, and now knowing my, my, my friendship with Sal, who recently has ordered a couple boards. Yep. And just like, we all have this platform. It's cool. It's, it's super really cool. It's really freaking cool. Yeah. And so I, I use... A social media as a vehicle to tell that story, to tell the EcoBoard story, which is my story. <laughs> Where can people find you on social media? Uh, name it. Rye Harris. Sh- no, nah, that's not. I don't even. That's Earth my personal Tech. one. I've got like five, dude. But uh, Earth Technologies. Earth Technologies. That's the number one. And yep. one of the, I love to say this. So all there's all these glass shops, right? We have the most followers of any glass shop <laughs> on the planet, and why? Not just it's not just because we're making surfboards; it's because we're eco-friendly. And you're doing it differently. Yep. You know, you're doing it differently, whether it's eco and just the way you're putting it out there, and you've got a zero waste shop and all that. It's, well, it's it, it's rad, man. I gotta say. For a long time, the eco board that was a negative connotation. These damn hippies make these yellow heavy ass boards; <laughs> they suck. Uh, you know, and we've worked with everybody, so that's validation. We have literally worked with. Freaking Channel Islands, Lost, Morris Cole, Timmy Patterson. The list goes on and on and on. All of them. Roberts. I'm probably forgetting a bunch. But it's validation that we make boards just as good as the average status quo poly board. Right. And that right there is a step in the right direction. I love it, man. What else? Anything else you want to share? Oh, man. I... (laughs) I don't even know. We've got we got a lot of irons in the fire. We got yeah. What are you most excited about in the year ahead? Um, well, we're <laughs> global domination, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I'll, if you look at the stats, if one, people want to know what an eco board is, shout out to Sustainable Surf. They started for they sure. Kind of, they kind of coined that term. What is an eco board project? What is the eco board? The eco board project is basically a verification. Yep. system that they put in place that basically says this is what an eco board is and there's a little logo it's an x that goes on and they're different not, levels right not all eco boards because some people don't care but it goes on most eco boards that are made so we're we're working with them together on some stuff and to i want to real quick to be clear the certification thing like you were saying not all boards that are eco boards are right. eco board certified right because they're you not know. in their network Right. You got to get on their website. You have to register. It's, you know, it's. But I think the most important thing for people out there listening and wondering about this is like, go get to know your local shaper. Mm-hmm. Get to know what it means to be an eco board. Like, check out, we'll link to Sustainable Surf Standards. Yeah. We'll link to Earth Tech. Go learn about this and mm-hmm. figure it out and find your local shaper and work with them. Well, it's, it's that, see that right there. It's, it's the consumer needs to know. That's why part of my job is I'm an educator. I got to get the word out there so people know right. there is an option. You can go to – I might not make a board for you, but you can go on my website. You can go on Sustainable Surf website. You can find this network of shapers yep. that are already making eco boards and say, hey, I want my next board to be eco. And all you have to do is change one, change the resin, yep. change the foam. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's really not. Yeah. They work just as good as. So to back back to your question, where are we going? What I'm excited about? So we are relaunching some new tech, something that I developed about four years ago. I launched it last year. Then we went back to the drawing board. But basically, there's a lot of tech out there. We are in a very tech-hungry industry. Every year, there's some new flex something, this, that, and the other with carbon dressed up. A lot of it's gimmicks. Mm-hmm. Some of it actually works. I'm not going to name any names, but other than... Our reflex technology that is dropping this month. We launched it last year at the boardroom show. 
A lot of people saw it. We actually built it uh, exclusively on a couple of Paisel boards, and a lot of people were asking me questions about it. Now, having had to cut those on a CNC machine, we changed the recipe up a little bit, but it's something we make in-house, and we're calling it sustainable blank performance construction because it's in the core. Yeah. Right? How strong can your board really be if you've got this weak ass core? Yeah. So, Same thing like a human being. If, yeah, you, if you don't have a strong exactly. core, you're not a good surfer. So it's it's part core, part Howie. It's top secret proprietary glassing schedule. Whatnot. Very cool. But that is, and it's only going to be available through our shapes and Paisel and Chili for now. Super exciting. Um, but yeah, people are raving about it. We've got new models coming out. Uh, there is something really cool that I can't show don't even it's it's what we're going to be doing it's the next level of shred <laughs> so stay <laughs> I tuned it. i, I can't it. other than that it's something that we're going to make with the shred that's an absolute game changer we're going to have a uh stay tuned there will be some crowdfunding opportunities right. later and it's we're taking over man love it more <laughs> to come from rye harris and the team at earth tech rye yeah. thanks for being on the show So that's it. Thanks to Rye Harris for joining us. And in sum, you can be a more sustainable surfer by keeping your current quiver in action as long as you can. And if you're in the market for a surfboard, try to buy used. Check Craigslist or your local surf shop. It's really fun, actually. And if you're going for new, if you need that really great slick new board, at least look for eco boards in whatever form they may come. I say that because Rye's not the only one making eco boards. Eco boards, and I'm kind of air quoting here, come in many forms from the stuff that Rye is doing to more craft solutions like repurposing old boards to the more mainstream brands that are simply trying to make boards more durable. After all, the most sustainable surfboard is the one that lasts the longest. So keep your boards in rotation. You can find more about Rye by checking out Earth Technologies on Instagram or hitting earthtechsurf.com. And be sure to learn more about the EcoBoard project from Sustainable Surf at the link in our show notes. Thanks again for listening. If you learned a thing or two today, we'd appreciate if you drop us a review or share this episode with a buddy. Hit us up with any feedback at oneocean at wslpure.org and find us online at wslpure. All right, until next time, hope you get some waves on your most sustainable surf craft.